Isn't it funny how the rise of Skywalker has completely melted away from the public consciousness in a matter of weeks and the rise of the last jedi is uh, still being talked about is is still being talked about the rise of skywalker was such a facile nightmare that we just we we were holding on to it for a second and then we realized we didn't love it and we let it go of having to explain to my friends who didn't like The Last Jedi why I didn't like The Rise of Skywalker, and I just have to wonder, is this the Star Wars fatigue that everyone was talking about? And welcome back to Zero Credits 2020 Edition, the show where we talk about things. My name's Future Henry, and I'm uh, Babu Frick's evil brother, Papa Fuck. And together we're Henry and Babu Fuck coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist here in the year of our Lord 2020. Our Lord, of course, being the Hamburglar because we live in the weirdest timeline. Robble, robble. John, today makes or marks two weeks for me. Two weeks sober. Indeed. Dry January. Dry January. I've been sober for two weeks and, uh... I've been drinking Coke Zero at an alarming rate to cope. I, uh, now you might remember from the last episode where we talked about how it's dry January for me as well. Yes. And you were drinking a nice refreshing Coke Zero. I abandoned dry January less than 24 hours after the podcast aired. Which so is pretty I'm funny. drinking a fresh Modelo Chilada. It is a malted beverage with tomato, salt, and lime. Oh, interesting. What's the alcohol? Just malted tomato? No, just beer. Oh, just beer. Okay. Just high ABV beer. Ooh, that's pretty delicious, actually. Oh, I would taste it, but I can't. You can't. Beer and tomato is a surprisingly solid combo. Oh, th- I've never had one of these before, but they came recommended to me, and they are dirt, dirt cheap. Reminds me of, like, a Bloody Mary, because that's that's tomato, isn't it? Yeah, or, like... a, or a michelada, which is what this is. You ever okay. had a michelada? No. It's a uh, tomato juice. A beer, a lime, and some salt. Sometimes yeah. hot sauce. So kind okay. of like a beer Bloody Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Beery Mary. Beery Mary. It, it, it's weird, John, having been sober these past two weeks, because I've never done this on purpose before. Like, there have been stretches of time where I didn't drink, but that was mainly when I was in college and I couldn't afford to keep alcohol in the house. Yeah. Nowadays, like, we went to a movie and I had to order Coke Zero to keep afloat. Mm-hmm. We go to restaurants and I can't get a drink. I, I'm starting to realize how hard it is to be an alcoholic. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it's everywhere. It's, it's very omnipresent. And for me, the thing that I'm finding, I guess, uh, 
illuminating about this because I've been doing dry Januarys for a long time, but dry Januarys became a, a, a normal annual function for me during the years where I would binge drink and drink to excess and yeah. blackout, you know, college. College. And I've been doing those to do kind of a reset and I, I slowly realized over the course of the first few days of January where I broke every promise is that I've developed into a person who genuinely likes the taste of beer. Yeah. And uh, so I broke dry January when I went to go see uh, a cursed movie that will never be discussed. Okay. And I found myself uh, almost like muscle memory, not a decision that was made intelligently about 30 minutes into the movie after we had eaten our food taking out the little alamo draft house order card and putting in stone tangerine dream oh okay a hazy tangerine ipa that i really like and i ordered and i drank it and i looked at the glass and i was like oh shit beer counts now because i don't get drunk off of just drinking beer typically unless i'm drinking with a mission so i didn't think of beer as counting i just thought of it as like a drink so, I'm not in the right headspace to do a dry annuary right now, just because I don't want to give up beer, but... I got I don't, you. I don't know. Yeah. It's t- what you're doing, though. Noble, keep doing it. It's very... It, it's interesting. Because, you know, I, I joked last week, it's like, I, I, I'm glad I know I'm not an alcoholic now, because I, I can keep doing this. But I was playing a little game called Disco Elysium. Oh. A game... You mean... Potential game of the previous year. And now that I've finished it, I absolutely agree that it, it is game of the year. But uh, it's a game filled with, with drugs and alcohol to excess. Uh, you can really become like a crazy, crazy party animal. Or do what I did and become completely sober. And a game that punishes you for being sober. Yes. And uh, in this game... I can't, and it's all text-based. There's a, a few voice acting, but it's really here and there. But there was just a character who was just talking about beer. And I had a weird, weird itch in my brain that's like, oh, man. It, it reminded me of when I watched uh, Mad Men for mm-hmm. a season and a half. Every time... Somebody walks into a room in that show, they start pouring, like, whiskey. Yeah. And it made me want to drink. And just this text game made me want to want, want to drink just from this, this drunk homeless man talking about how good beer is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this sucks. I can't wait for January to be over. It, it's a pervasive threat. And for what it's worth, I don't know how much reading you've done about Disco Elysium, but uh, Studio Zaum. Zaum, who made it? Yeah, this is their first game. It is their first game. A number of the writers and developers are ex-drug addicts and alcoholics. Wow, okay. So what they did was, for a character who is an out... The character that you play uh, has an, like, obsessively compulsive personality. Yeah. uh, And they try... Because he's a character who, in a previous life, uh, badly abused drugs and alcohol... And they leverage that to make drugs and alcohol sound extremely appealing. Yeah. It's very hard to be sober in that game. I started the the game being like, I'm going to be 100% sober. And eventually I was like, okay, I'll smoke. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, my character smokes, but he doesn't drink. Which works out because 
the cool thing about drugs in Disco Elysium is they make you better for an immediate trade-off. Yeah. So if you drink it, if you smoke, it makes you smarter. If you drink, it makes you stronger. And also it does a really cool thing where if you increase your stats while you're high or uh, smoking or drinking, they won't go back down. So you can like unlock higher tiers of things by binging. Yeah. Which is really cool. I played that entire game completely sober and even unlocked the uh, the thought, the mind thought experiment. To oh, the thought cabinet? The, to kick the habit that took days to complete. Yeah. And upon completing it, it the message that I got was, congratulations, you're sober and boring. How good for you. <laughs> It, minus penalty, minus penalty, minus penalty, plus one to something. Yeah. It's like, wait, three minuses for getting sober and plus one to, like, a skill I didn't even use. So good. But it re- it factored in at the end of the game, which I will never talk about. <laughs> but it, it really came in handy for this one part. It's a very good game. It's a very good game that is eminently appealing. So let me, let's do a very slight Disco Elysium aside. Okay. Because I want to demonstrate how amazing this game is, but I'm also booking pretty hard on you not having done this with your character. Okay. We we built our characters completely different. Yes, I was a strength guy who was was an insane communist. Uh, My my guy was a, a supernatural believer... Not supernatural, supernatural uh-huh. believer who uh, objects talk to him. Yes. Who was completely weak and completely dumb, but surprisingly quick. I was uh, I was a uh, super strong maniac communist who obsessed about people's uh, sexualities and us and uh, assessed their bodies at every given moment. These are options that you got? Absolutely oh they God. are. I didn't uh, get any of you, that. You can unlock a special skill that allows you to stop freaking out about people's sexualities every time you meet them. The game's that, good. That rarely came up. But the first thing you do, the first puzzle, the first issue to solve, which takes much longer than you would imagine it would, because it's realistically and compellingly complicated, is... Removing a dead body from a tree yeah, uh, behind uh, the restaurant bar hotel you're staying in. Oh, I'm I'm kind of ashamed. Let me ask you, not about how you got it down. Okay. Because there's a lot that goes on there. That would be a really long story. <laughs> but the armor that he's wearing. Oh. Did you get the armor quest? Was getting the armor a goal of yours? It was. Did you get it? I got everything except God. the boots you didn't get the boots i did not get the boots so uh and the game told me like it in the failed quest mission it said don't feel you know don't be so hard on yourself if you sent the body away for processing without getting the boots and i was like wait I failed and the message disappeared forever. It's yep. like, wait, wait, no. Yep. No. <laughs> Come back. I had no idea. I thought maybe there... Because I didn't want to make my little guy mad. Yeah, you didn't want to make... Uh, what's his name? Kim. Kim. You didn't want Kim to get mad. Uh, let me tell you how I got those boots. Oh, you got those boots. Uh, and this is one of many ways you can get the boots. 
Uh, so when Kim goes to sleep, yeah, you have the the night about town. I left the body for additional autopsy work. You return to the body. You remove the boots. However, the body is in such a state of decomposition that one boot is removed clean. The other takes the lower half of the leg with it. And you have a rotten leg that you have to surreptitiously carry around and not speak to people while you have. How do you get rid of the rotten leg in the boot? Turns out, one of the ways to do it is to sneak into the kitchen at night of the hotel... And uh, boil the meat out of the boots in a giant in a giant pot, and have a lot of incredible dialogue where you get to pretend to be a chef while you are boiling rotten meat out of these boots. And uh, then you have to live with the consequences of what you did to that kitchen the next day. Oh my god! So good. It's a really great game. It's highly recommend. I can't even describe how much I like Disco Elysium. I very very badly need to finish the last 5 or so hours of that game. The uh the studio the devs did an interview with some podcast uh where they explained basically what almost broke the game, stuff like that. Uh the thought cabinet was like a, a an 11th hour edition that really makes the game. Yeah. But they could not get it to work for some reason. Huh. Um, so, but, uh, they, they talked about how they want to take everything they did in this game and in the sequel set in the same world, expand on it by adding like combat and stuff. And what? Yeah. What? <laughs> you can't make a game even better. That's not allowed. I have utmost faith in them. They're, they're this very, is, yeah. they're very, they're very, good. very, they're, they're very good. good. Let's move I could talk about way, this game for some I know, time. and it deserves it, but also I feel like people need to experience it them for themselves. Uh, it's it's great. It's a great point and click adventure game. Yes, it's it's all the best parts of Planescape Torment, Icewind Dale, and Baldur's Gate, which is the parts where you're not having combat and you're just exploring labyrinthine dialogue trees. It's amazing. Which brings us to our next topic. How? Not really. Oh. There's not a, a, a good segue. Okay. But it is that time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, this brings us to the most uh, contentious time of the year. That's right. Those nom nom noms. All the stars are a popping and people are talking for cheers and jeers. The uh, Golden Globes are over. Yeah, that happened. The Oscar noms are out. The Oscar noms came out this past Monday morning and all of the Twitter was a buzz and all of Facebook was a buzz and all of my household was a buzz because I really like Watching the Oscars, they are important to me, and I can't explain why other than it's a weird fantasy where one day I too will stand up and be a straight white male (laughs) receiving a trophy for doing my job. That's a pretty good dream. So the Oscars noms came out in uh, a really, really big, just glance glossing over it, overview is, uh, it's very white. It's very white and overwhelmingly male. Uh, yeah, so, like, in categories where both uh, men and women can be nominated, they weren't. It was just men. Yeah. 
And in categories where people of all creeds and colors can be nominated, they weren't. They're usually white, except for one supporting actress. Yes. Now, uh... Oh, sorry. And also one director. Here's, Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. Now, let's talk about... A lot of people are doing this, like, hashtag Oscar is so white. <laughs> okay. Oscar is so male. Now everyone's talking about Let this, me but, back up. But what people don't realize is... I just is, must say, Anto- Antonio Banderas is not white. <laughs> oh, yes. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> definitively not white. I didn't read this list yet. Let's keep going. Now, the what people aren't talking about is the Oscars, yes, this year, are overwhelmingly white and male. But that's because the Oscar committee, they've been keeping this under wraps, but they're going to introduce a women's Oscars. <laughs> It's going to be called the W Oscars. The Waskers. The Waskers. Uh, and, you know, that's where that's where all the women will live from now on. Will live. Yeah. They'll live at the Waskers. Uh, it, it's interesting, but you just glance down, you know, the, the, the titles of the movies that are nominated for these things. And you get a real feel that, hey, maybe, you know, sorry movies that come out any other time of year... But from November to December 21st, those movies that come out, they're the only ones that ever actually get looked at. Yeah. And that's so stupid. Yeah, you are not wrong. Uh, uh, Other takeaways. uh, Remember there was a time in this podcast where we made fun of a movie, then we saw the movie, ended up doing a supplemental reading kind of about it, and then... Never talked about it again. Uh-huh. Yeah, Joker's nominated for 11 Oscars. Uh, yes, it is nominated for 11 Oscars. And I think I was talking to you about this via text message, but I think that the the backlash curve on Joker is very fascinating. Yeah, because there was... The media made fun of it before it came out, because of course they did. Yeah, people made... Of course, I mean, leading up to it, there was a lot of like weird fear-mongering and mockery, and then people saw it, of course... And then had a genuine appreciation for it uh, and realized that I I think they'd agree with me that I think that Joker is like a kind of a work of art. It's really impactful and well done. And then almost immediately... <laughs> backlash again. Backlash usually takes like a couple months, but it's like there was a there was a flat line and this flat line was where the backlash lived. And that spiked up the people, okay, I saw the movie, it's pretty good. And then immediately just went back to... yeah. Not at all talking about the movie's artistic merit or its performances or anything. Just, like, deriding it for its existence, but also deriding it for its existence with no meaningful criticisms about it. Even if there are criticisms to be made about Joker. But it's like rolling eyes being like, oh, congratulations, director of The Hangover Part 3. I'm like, no, we get that Todd Phillips sucks. We get that his movies aren't great and he doesn't deserve an award. But also... It was a good movie, The Joker yeah, was. Yeah, the, the movie was good. And, you know, I guess we could get into an argument about how much you could attribute that to Todd Phillips' oh, direction. minimally, I would hope. You would hope, but the Academy did nominate him for Best Director. Oh, I in no way want him to win. And, and we can kind of both agree that Joaquin Phoenix drove that movie... During the Golden Globes, the uh, the the score arranger. What do you call that person? The, the score, composer. The composer for Joker. She attributed what she gave to the movie to Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, she, and she thanked him for giving her so much to work with, 
in order to make the film score. Yes. So that's, like, already a huge driving force away from Todd Phillips. So if the Academy wanted to say, yeah, the movie's good, we can nominate it for Best Picture. But let's not <laughs> nominate Todd Phillips. You know, yeah. uh, Ger- Gerda, Gret- Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. I always combine her name. Gerda Greenwig did a really good adaptation of Little Women that mm-hmm. that rearranges the way the story is told. Uh, why maybe maybe she gets a nom? Yeah, what? no, they snubbed her for Todd Phillips. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't think you should say that Todd Phillips is a great director because, to the best of my understanding, a lot of what made Joker good was made up on the spot and saved in the editing bay. Yeah. So it's a masterfully edited movie uh, that was loose enough that there was a lot of uh, room for interpretation and improvisation. It seems like a lot of that paid off significantly. Was Todd Phillips the reason that movie was great? Most likely not, because I don't know that he's made a lot of good stuff before. Yeah. Here's where I get mad at Joker. Uh, So here's here's a category called Adapted Screenplay Nominees. Yes. You've got The Irishman... Screenplay by Steven Zalian. Oh, adapted from... uh, Jimmy Hoffa's biography. Yeah, I heard they paint houses, don't they? Wait, no, that's I heard they shoot horses. Yeah. I heard you paint houses. Uh, Jojo Rapid... uh, Rapid? (laughs) Jojo Rapid. Screenplay by Taika Waititi, adapted, of course, from Mein Kampf. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Little Women, written for the screen by Greta Gerwig, adapted from Little Women. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, the Two Popes, written by Anthony McCartan, adapted from real life. Yes. There, there were two popes were, for a little while. There were two popes. And then this is the one that gets me. Joker, written by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver, adapted from... What? The, this Joker story has never existed. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's some carryover to, like, the Red Hood stuff, but not at all. Not really, yeah, not really. And then really. he's, like, a failed comedian, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess that one, yeah. But but still, like, you can't point to a single story and say, like, we adapted it. The only thing is, like, in the maybe in the opening credits or the closing credits, it says, based upon characters created <laughs> by DC. Yeah, and that's all they needed. That, that almost seems no, like they need an excuse to suck Joker's dick. In no way should Joker be nominated in that category. It's no. not adapted from anything. Mm-mm. The only thing it borrows is a character and a setting, or a couple of characters and a setting from DC Comics. But completely, it's an original story using those characters that doesn't need to be in this category. And as we've discussed, those characters are almost unrecognizable as those characters. So, that that's bullshit. Yeah. Joker should not be nominated for 11 things. No. So, at least take that one away. Then at least take the director away. Yes. And so, it should be nominated for 9 things. Has there ever been a nominee, a credible nominee for Best Picture where its director was not nominated? Uh, probably that has happened before. I, don't, I, I I wouldn't. I don't have that knowledge on hand, but I would say uh, it's possible. It's possible indeed. Now, because I think like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, with how? Okay, <laughs> you can have up to ten best picture nominees. Yeah, you can only have five. Director nominees. Yeah, but I just mean like a credible one, I guess. Oh, I don't know what you're saying. You know, we we know looking at that list of ten best pictures, we know five of them aren't going to make it. We can <laughs> we look know, at them. We know nine of them aren't going. There can only be one winner, John. You, you know what I mean. 
Oh, okay. Vegas odds. Well, anyway, there, there's not a lot of other notable standouts other than Parasite is up for Best Picture and Best Director, but none of the actors or actresses were nominated in any capacity. It's a classic thing that happens to all foreign films, unless they're French. Uh, but otherwise, those people typically aren't nominated, which is a, a huge shame, and especially... Especially people from Asian countries yeah, are, are almost never nominated for Oscars uh, because American media has a big Asian racism problem. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, but oh. I, I do think it's great that Parasite is nominated outside of just the foreign film category. Absolutely. Big win... Uh, for a year at the Oscars that's just real bullshit. I mean, honestly, looking at the other uh, titles on this, I-, I think Parasite should absolutely take it, but I know it won't. Yes, because, as I was saying to you, that's not going to win anything, but yeah. the Adam McKay adaptation... Can uh. we talk about the Adam McKay... The potential Adam McKay HBO adaptation of Parasite? So I saw that headline... And I, I, I responded to it on Twitter with just two words. But why? Yeah. And that was our, probably our most liked tweet for the week. <laughs> it's just to make it white. Ah. Uh, it's, it's just to make it American. But here's... So my, my greater concern is, uh, is one of artistic integrity. You remember The Big Short. Yeah, I like The Big Short. I like The Big Short, too. Is that written by Adam McKay? It is. It's uh, adapted from... A textbook. From, uh, yeah, basically a a shitty book. Yeah. Uh, But it's adapted by Adam McKay, directed by Adam McKay. Here's my concern about Adam McKay. I think that The Big Short is uh, laudable in... Absolutely wins for adapted screenplay because... It was great. They adapted it from a textbook. They adapted it so well. Uh, My concern is I don't feel like Adam McKay... Is very good at telling stories of the disenfranchised because the true story of the 2008 financial crisis is those of the people whose lives it destroyed. And he decided to make a movie that largely exonerated a bunch of vampiric Wall Street fucks. Uh, And I think that The Big Short's a fine movie, uh, but we can't overlook the fact that it uh, its central heroes are like pretty brazen nihilistic capitalists who ruined a lot of people's lives. They didn't ruin people's lives as badly as the people who actually started uh, subprime mortgage lending, but they certainly profited off of it. And the movie only kind of makes it seem like that was a bad thing. So putting Parasite, a movie that is entirely about the plight of the lower classes to an unassailable upper class, in Adam McKay's hands, seems irresponsible. I hope... It doesn't get made. Like, I I hope beyond hopes it just doesn't go anywhere and it shouldn't go anywhere because the movie is great. Just see the movie. Yeah, it it is. It is the two lowest forms of art, which it which is an adaptation of existing foreign work, largely unchanged and a miniseries. The two lowest of the low forms of art you could shoot for. And it doesn't need to be a mini-series. Why would you make it longer it doesn't need than to the be source material? Anything yeah. than what it already is. We're gonna adapt this into bite-sized five-minute webisodes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to take listen, I know Little Women was good, but I'm gonna adapt Little Women to be male. 
and you and YouTube based <laughs> an all male YouTube based reproduction of Little Women called Big Men. Big Men, big internet uh, man. I just discovered a new snub, John. Uh, just lazily scrolling through this list, uh, achievement in music writing. Wait, what? Achievement in music written for motion pictures, original song nominees. Uh, I can't let you self throw. I can't let you throw yourself away from Toy Story Four. Uh huh. I'm gonna love me again from Rocket Man. I'm standing with you from Breakthrough. I have no idea what either of those things are. Into the Unknown from Frozen Two. I was gonna say Into the Unknown's a good song. Stand up from Harriet. Missing from this list is Taylor Swift's contribution <laughs> to Cats. Uh, completely snubbed. Now, for what it's worth, it is songwriting, and Taylor Swift's contribution was a rewritten Bombalurina song. It was an original song. Was it original? Yeah. She oh. worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, I'm sure. To to write a new song to be in considerate. Actually, Cats isn't anywhere on this list. I think we missed its political message. Which was put... Put us in, in in the in the award show. Did you not see the the message at the end of the movie? Uh, I didn't see cats. Oh shit! Okay, well, there was a so the director, uh, Tim Hooper or whatever, uh, said that we missed a political message of cats. But if you were eagle-eyed, you notice it because at the end it says this film is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters in Afghanistan. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Lincoln, you'll miss it, but eagle-eyed yeah. viewers, be aware. So, I mean, there's a ton more snubs, like uh, Taron Egerton was completely passed over for Rocket Man, even though, uh, what was it called? Bohemian Rhapsody won last year, even though it was a really shitty, shittily made film. I'm over music biopics. But he, look... Didn't Brian Singer do Bohemian Rhapsody? He did like eighty percent of Jesus it. Yeah, Christ. Rami Malek got so many laurels and awards for lip syncing to the music. Yeah, Taron Egerton sang for real in a style of Elton John. Became yeah. Elton John, mm-hmm. and he got completely passed over. That's just sad. That's because we like simulations more than we like reality. I think we also just... I don't think the Academy likes Elton John. That seems about right. Yeah. Uh, I I increasingly dislike the Oscars, but I understand why they exist. They don't have a host. Wait, they don't have a host this year? Second year in a row, no host. Who's going to host it? A bunch of different people are going to like present awards. No hosts. You want to have an Oscar party? Yeah, sure, we can have an Oscar party. February what? Hope it's not the 15th. Oh, no, no, it wouldn't be that. I think it's before that. February 9th. Yeah, let's do it. Oscar party. Oscar party. We can do the same thing where we made bets. I know there's a prize, and you buy everyone the prize. Can my bets just be, I bet Parasite doesn't win this. I bet Parasite doesn't win this. It's a pretty good bet. It's a pretty, pretty good bet. So those were the Oscar noms. I, I don't think they deserve any more conversation because largely they're disappointing. And, you know, 2015, 2016, there was like a real push to, to highlight and, and lift up different varied uh, backgrounds and, and diversity, all that. 
And it sh- goes to show you that uh, they didn't really care. Because yeah. here we are in 2020, representing the year 2019, and uh, they just they just they don't care. They they're like, oh yeah, Martin Scorsese did a bunch of stuff. Uh, I guess white men. Hollywood go with white men. Hollywood has a fantastically short memory. Now speaking of movies, I've got some movie press hot off the presses. The movie presses. The movie presses. They're shaped like reels of a film. They are shaped like reels of a film. Yeah, they uh, come, they come out like in little ticker tape. Now. I, I don't know if you've heard about this, but if you haven't, this news is probably going to excite you quite a bit. Oh my god, they finally did it. Now, let's talk about... You and I, as the listeners, the fans know, we're fans of a cinematic universe. Yes, we are fans of... We, we are fans of a, quite a few cinematic universes, few, actually. I don't think there's a cinematic universe we've seen that we don't like, we, but... yeah. One cinematic universe stands above all in our hearts, in our esteem, that we are most excited about. And that is, of course, Henry. Oh, me? Yes, that is, of course. (laughs) You want to say it at the same time? No, just you. You want me to say it? Yeah, the cinematic universe that we love most. All right, uh, it's got to be, without a doubt, the Dark Universe cinematic universe starring the Mummy, the Wolfman, uh, Tom Cruise... And uh, I, I'm sure there's more monsters in there. That's right, the Venomverse. <laughs> Sony Pictures Studios Venom and its ensuing cinematic universe has announced... Morbius. Morbius, its second entry. Now, you might... Can it be a cinematic universe if that movie, Morbius, hasn't even come out yet? <laughs> it's a cinematic universe in the making. Look, uh, Venom is the observable cinematic universe. <laughs> Whereas Morbius exists out in the, the deep reaches of Venomverse space. So, for those of you who are not aware of this, uh, a trailer dropped this very day where one Jared Leto goes around and just talks at people and the life literally drains out of them because he is such a boring person. Now, Jared Leto, that's not who I was going to say, Morbius. Now, real heads out there know that Morbius is the most fascinating, multifaceted villain in the Marvel Universe in that he's a vampire who doesn't have half of the cool shit vampires have. <laughs> so, he, he he can't cross running water. He can cross running oh, water. Oh, so he, that, that's a strength. All right. Yeah, no. Uh, he can eat garlic. He can eat garlic. <laughs> okay. Big strength. Another strength. Big strength. Uh, can he turn into a bat? Absolutely not. Why, why, would, he, why would he be able to do that? Now, Morbius... Can he go into the sun? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> What's the point? Now, Morbius was a man with a uh, a blood sickness, I believe. Oh, sickle cell anemia. Who, like, uh, like all your classic Marvel, all your classic villains in general, they're people with a problem who go in for a simple procedure and come out forever changed. So as we... I will on Friday because I went to the dentist last week, and it oh, turns wow. out I got a lot of stuff. Uh, tooth man, <laughs> tooth man. Uh, now, Morbius loves blood. Loves blood. It's kind of it. Can't skip or jump. Let me go ahead and look up a, a list of Morbius's powers because I've totally forgotten them. I don't... I've never heard of Morbius. Is he a good villain for Spider-Man? Wait. In, in that, is he a good person? No, like, is he one of Spider-Man's good... Is he... Where would you... 
what Batman equivalent villain would it be? You know, like the Riddler's great. Dr. Freeze is great. Uh, Joker, of course, like all of these greats. And then you got like Scarecrow and uh, Ray Shal Ghoul and all, you know, so where, where in the Batman scale of rogues, but for Spider-Man gotta be number one. Oh, uh, Morbius is the best villain. <laughs> so Morbius is uh, Morbius's name, Morbius the Living Vampire, aka Doctor Michael Morbius, PhD, MD. So he was a doctor with a blood disease. His powers are genius level intellect, trained biologist and biochemist, superhuman strength, speed, and durability, flight, hypnotism, accelerated healing factor, and reliance on consuming human blood. Okay, so he he would of all the Batman villains, I would liken him to Superman. Yeah, he's like a blood Superman. Blood Superman. Okay. Yeah. So he's obviously number one. Looking forward to Morbius. Looking forward to Jared Leto putting in another great villain performance in the comic book universe. I can't believe we're at this point in our life where Sony is moving forward with the Venomverse, not with Venom Two. But with this movie that nobody knew about. Oh, with Morbius? Yeah. They're going to make a Venom 2, and that's when Venom and Morbius team up. I thought Venom 2 was going to be... They're going to bring Carnage in. They are actually uh, bringing Carnage in. Uh, so, so it's... Oh, Venom 3. Venom and Morbius team up against Carnage. Because Carnage is crazy. Okay. It can't be stopped. Oh, yeah. See, that's a... Now, did you ever... uh... No, I never saw Venom. We should see Venom. We should? (laughs) We should see see Venom. All these cinematic universes that we love very much for the record. Please don't push us on that. Yeah, please do not... (laughs) Please don't quiz us. Uh, I just... There's a lot that goes into investing... In time and money to see these films that are 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 so good. They're very good from what I've heard. They're they're, they're exceptionally good. Now I can tell Henry that you're a little you're not pleased by you're not as pleased by Morbius as I wanted you to be. And I planned for this because. There's a certain amount of fatigue that sets in when you're exposed to all these different cinematic universes. So I feel like maybe you might have like some kind of cinematic universe fatigue. Tell me if you experience these symptoms walking around, a feeling of malaise. Yeah. You look at your collection of all your dark cinematic universe movies. Yeah. You look at your collection of your Marvel cinematic universe yeah. movies, your Fast and Furious cinematic of universe. Of course. Your Venomverse cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, all one copy. Yeah, the the Charlie's Angels cinematic universe. You look at all of those and you're like, can't there just be something new? Right. Well, have I got news for you. A new thing? With the announcement of Bloodshot, starring Vin Diesel, I now welcome you to the Valiant Comics Cinematic Universe. Please, stop. <laughs> stop it. What, is, what else is connect? I, I, so I did see a poster for Bloodshot today. You want me to sell you on Bloodshot? Sell me on Bloodshot. So I read a lot of Valiant Comics because I think they were published through Dark Horse, maybe. I liked a lot of the weird dark stuff when I was a kid in the 90s. I read a lot of Valiant Comics. And Bloodshot's whole deal, I believe, is he was a bloodthirsty mafia member who uh, murdered 
Wait, uh, literally bloodthirsty? Not literally. Oh. That, that's Morbius. Gotcha. Uh, but he was a bloodthirsty member of the mob, killed indiscriminately, uh, really awful. But he went into the witness protection program and they said the only way we'll protect you is if you sign for this thing called like Project Rising Phoenix or whatever. And so he has uh, some type of suicide squad. Some type of suicide squad. But they infect him with nanites. Nanomachines. The nanomachines wipe his memory, make him a brand new man, a hyper-skilled genetic soldier who has no memory of being this uh, violent, awful mafia man. So he has to take revenge, I think, on people who were in the mafia as he learns the crimes that he was responsible for. Starring Vin Diesel (laughs) as Bloodshot. Uh, Okay. Now... I know you're really excited to see Bloodshot starring Vin Diesel, but the floodgates are open to the Valiant Comics cinematic universe. Let me read for you the heavy hitters. Okay. The great characters that are being brought over. The IPs upon IPs being brought into these the Valiant Comics cinematic universe. Oh my god. Exo Man of War. What? Bloodshot, of course. You already mentioned it. Shadow Man from that Nintendo 64 game called Shadow Man. Oh. Archer and Armstrong. What? Eternal Warrior. Okay. Ninjack. Uh. Faith Herbert. <laughs> I don't know who Faith is. Livewire. Uh. The Time Walker. Okay. Are you excited for the Time Walker movie? Oh, man. It's going to uh. be the Doctor Strange. It's going to be pretty divisive. Uh. Hardcore. H-A-R-D-C-O-R-P-S. Uh. Solar. Why? Master Dark. Oh. Rye. Uh. Magnus the Robot Fighter. What the fuck? Peter Stanchek. <laughs> That's just a dude. The Armarines. This is still this is going. their Avengers. This is still Believe going. me, there's a point. Mother God. Ugh. Can't Mother God's gonna be their Captain Marvel? Turn it all around. Uh, and of course, Turok. The dinosaur hunter? Turok, the motherfucking dinosaur hunter. Oh my god. Alright. Fuck all all else. <laughs> Start off with Bloodshot with Vin Diesel, sure. Second movie for this Valiant Comics Cinematic Universe, absolutely 100, with a bow and arrow, needs to be Turok Dinosaur Hunter. The second movie, you are kidding me if it's not Turok if it's, Dinosaur Hunter. If it's not Turok Dinosaur Hunter, they have fucked up, yes. and they need to reboot, like Universal reboots to the Dark Cinematic Universe every five years. Yeah. And, and then, start over with Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Imagine how good the the Turok Seeds of Turok Two Seeds of Evil movie would be. Oh man, be great! Now people don't realize in the nineties, Valiant Comics were huge. Shadow Man was a pretty good N sixty four game. Turok was incredible. Turok was unbelievable. I didn't even know it was a comic book. Yeah, Turok's absolutely a shitty, oh. shitty comic book. <laughs> don't call it that. <laughs> but. Imagine the Turok movie. The Turok movie would be great, but who would play Turok? It's got to be Vin Diesel. No, it can't be. He's bloodshot. He's already bloodshot. Who do we know? An undiscovered Native American talent who is just waiting, champing at the bit, (laughs) who who keeps doing like little bit parts and Longmire and stuff, hoping for one day to see the the call for, for auditions for Turok. Like, they got into acting solely to play Turok. I have to be 
so honest with you. I just had a moment where I envisioned in my mind, we see a trailer before one of these, you know, shitty movies you and I watch. Oh, yeah, like, uh, I don't know, The Departed. Yeah, we watched a trailer before, you know, the the remake of The Departed in the Alamo Draft House, and we see, and this is teaser material, this isn't trailer material, yeah, yeah. but it there's like sweeping, lush vistas, right? Right. And we you know, see, like... R- Ridley Scott type. Yeah, Ridley Scott type. And then we see, like, rustling in foliage. Right? Yeah, okay. And then... Dinosaur. We see shadows darting back and forth, Dinosaurs. moving. We see something being devoured underneath the, the plant coverage. And then up pops the head of a velociraptor. Yeah. Mouth red with gore. Looks towards the camera. They're like, what is this? A, a Jurassic Park movie? And then you hear a bowstring yeah. pull back. Cut to black, and you hear him say, I am Turok. Like he does yeah. when he collects all the things. Yeah. Turok Dinosaur Hunter. A theater goes wild. Yeah. People throw their shoes at the screen. It's playing them. V. I, I imagined that. Mm-hmm. And got goosebumps. Yeah, Turok I, would be I amazing. would mark out so hard if I saw that teaser before a movie. I would go insane. Yeah. Give us Turok. Give us Turok. Bloodshot, sure. It's a Vin Diesel. You know, people are going to be like, is this the new Chronicles of Riddick? And they'll be confused. or like, what happened to the last Witch Hunter? And whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they'll go see it because he's got his demographic. But then <laughs> like, hey, Turok. Is this, the, is this a weird sequel to Find Me Guilty? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, where he was all fat and had hair. I know most Vin Diesel movies, it turns out. Okay. Find Me Guilty? Turok. Turok. You were lulling me to sleep <laughs> with all of the, the names of the Valiant comic heroes. And then you picked me right back up with Turok. Yeah, no, Turok I... Turok needs to be like their Captain America. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In that, well... So, this is a... Uh, Central to every plot. This is a silly aside, but I recently rewatched all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. All 22? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, watched one or two a night for like a month. Wow. Uh, me and Allison, we really plugged through them. She watched Thor Ragnarok without me, though, so I'll never forgive her. <laughs> That's one of the best ones. Yeah, we got Dark World together, but she watched oh, Ragnarok without that's me. That's not a good trade. It's real disgusting. Yeah. Um, and uh, the more I think about it, those movies were just kind of about Iron Man and Captain America. But yeah. That's kind of it. That's the driving force of Marvel because they couldn't get Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, the big three in Marvel are those two. Iron Man, Captain America, and then Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, they're okay, those movies. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They got better. They got better. They st- it started out really good, and then they got... There was a lull. They recovered. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, not excited for future Marvel movies. They are over. They're and that dead. is. All I'll say... Much like Star Wars, it's over. The Valiant Comics Cinematic Universe... Here to stay. Here to stay. As long as Turok is the second one. Absolutely. And not Mr. Nightman or whatever. Absolutely. Now that's all I have to say about Bloodshot. Okay. Would Morbius and Bloodshot be friends? (laughs) Different cinematic universes. I know, Never shall the two meet. Though both are being produced by Sony. Oh, that's silly. It's interesting. Not Sony. (laughs) What if... (laughs) What if Sony said, okay, we got we're these never getting cin- Spider-Man yeah. into the Venomverse, but what if we move the Valiant Comics people yeah. into the Venomverse? And like, oh, listen, we'll just have to call up Valiant Comics HQ just to see 
And they like call up Valiant Comics HQ and it smash cuts to a ringing phone and like uh, it zooms out and then there's just a bunch of skeletons holding revolvers in their hands Mm -hmm. around a phone covered in cobwebs because they've been dead since the 90s. How would they get cobwebs if Spider-Man's not in their movies? They they don't have the rights to cobwebs. Spider-Man's in... Well, they're covered in um, venom. (laughs) <laughs> Symbio- symbiotic web yeah symbiotic web there we oh. go <sighs> man that, that's exhausting <laughs> just thinking about all that uh, so wait are you actually excited for Morbius or is that a bit fuck no okay. <laughs> I'm so not excited Oh no I'm never whatever. I'm never gonna fucking see that movie unless I had some kind of Incentive. Alamo season pass <laughs> Uh, uh, or we're on the waiting list for ours. We keep we keep hoping we wake up to that email. Or we, as a society, decide <laughs> that we should see it as a supplemental reading. Okay. Uh, I'd be more on the seeing Deadshot and talking about the Morbius. What the fuck is Deadshot? D- Bloodshot. Oh. Fuck. Sorry, they're two... I thought that, sh- that was Will Smith's character from Suicide Squad. And will it? be Will Smith's... No, he's not in it. And will be he, no, someone's character. They didn't replace him. They didn't put Deadshot in? They didn't replace but him. But Harley Quinn is still... Yes, Margot Robbie. This is so fucking dumb. I think it, Idris Elba's in it, but not as Deadshot. <laughs> well, that's good. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think if they plucked Will Smith out and put Idris Elba in, that would feel a little racist. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a different character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Gunn was like, well, obviously I can't do that. Yeah, no. And no. WB was like, why not? Shut up, WB. And then WB was like, what if we took old footage of Will Smith and superimposed <laughs> it on another actor and also, like, deep faked his voice? Oh. And it's like, what are you doing? Oh. Let's not talk about that because it'll make me remember a, a cursed movie that I never want to talk about again. never want to talk about again. All right. It's been a, it's been a while, John. It's been a minute. We just talked about movies for for a, a really long time, but uh, I've got one of my patented. Um, you know, every once in a while, I have like a weird conspiracy theory that involves music. Yes, I have another one of those. Your third one. My third one. The trilogy continues. Yes. Do you remember the other two? Uh, somewhat. There was one that was like song he's talking about ghosts a lot. I wanted to do one about that, but it never actually came oh, to fruition. Oh shit! Religion. That was anyway. just something that you confided in. Yeah, me. There was the one that was uh, putting the uh, marketing for Mick Jagger, which oh, yeah. absolutely was Mick true. Jagger. The second one might have been the ghost one. I don't remember. But now I've got my third conspiracy involving music. Third and theory. This one, as all good trilogies do. Ties into 9-11. Great. That's uh, just like all good trilogies. Every one of the three Star Wars trilogies have tied into 9-11. Of course, we know in Star Wars Episode One, it opens, interestingly, with 9-11 yeah. happening. Weird. Which is amazing, considering it came out in 1998. Yeah, really confusing. Yeah. People said we saw that coming, and we did. George Lucas is a real visionary. And then, of course, the... The, the the four, five, and six came out in the seventies, but <laughs> they also ended with footage of nine eleven. Yeah, and then of course the uh, the new movies. 
All right, well. It's just 9-11. A lot changed on that fateful day in America. <laughs> I don't feel like... I feel like there is a, a harsh moratorium on people being able to say that phrase anymore. And one of the most egregious changes <laughs> oh, really? resulting from 9-11. Oh, let's see. The, one of the... A lot changed. A lot that was really bad. Well, one of the most egregious. <laughs> one of the most egregious <laughs> was results. It may, was it maybe... So you'd put it alongside the death of uh, thousands of Americans, the, uh, the, the changing of America for six or seven years into a bloodthirsty war hawk ethnostate, uh, the destabilization of the Middle East, and uh, the current uh, political crisis we're in right now. It's alongside those things. It's the not most egregious. I'm really glad you're here to sub this comparison because it might be worse. Oh, great. Great. One of the most egregious things that come out of 9 11. <laughs> you can't. Okay. <laughs> According to this con- conspiracy. Yeah, no, no, theory, no, 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 no. I get it. Is that 9 11 was the first domino on a long chain of dominoes? There's two dominoes, one falls onto the other domino. They didn't fall on each other, but okay. One just falls down, I guess. Yeah, they fell down. They didn't fall sideways. If they fell sideways, it would be a lot worse. 9-11 was the first domino, and the terminating domino, the largest one, because in this scenario they get bigger, is 50 shades of gray. Uh Uh-huh. Allow me... Hold on. So this isn't a music conspiracy theory. It is. So you mean to tell me, I'm I'm going to frame story you here. Okay. You mean to tell me that by the end of this movie, we're going to understand the connection between the 9-11 attacks and the ultimate release of Fifty Shades of Grey? And it's going to happen really, really quick. Okay. So don't blink. Okay. Gerard Way personally witnessed the Twin Towers falling while on a ferry to New York City. The lead singer of My Chemical Romance? This event inspired him to start My Chemical Romance. As a result, Stephanie Meyer used him and the band's music for inspiration for Twilight. Okay. As a result of that book, L. James wrote a Twilight fanfic that eventually became the best-selling book Fifty Shades of Grey. You know, that's not that far of a conspiracy leap. It's actually, like, when I called it a conspiracy, this is just a chain of causality. Yeah. So, you mean to tell me that the event that threw our country into bondage to the to the George W. Bush presidency... Also threw fictional also threw- characters... Jane Grey, I don't know her any. <laughs> also, also, no, no, no. The the two characters, Jane Grey and Grey Gardens. <laughs> it, it, it threw Jane Grey, Grey Gardens, and Dorian Grey. So it threw not only our country into bondage, but also our unimaginative housewives into bondage. Literally, yes, incredible. Right. I, I wouldn't call them unimaginative. I yeah. would call them uninspired. Uninspired, uninspired. They hadn't known that bondage was a thing you could do. Yeah, until they read about it in a book that gets it wrong. How uh, much of that whole phenomenon isn't the the sudden awakening of bondage, but the fantasy of having the attention of a very rich man? <laughs> I feel like it's pretty close to equal. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I also, I read the first Fifty Shades of Grey book. You did? Yeah, I read alongside my, uh, significant other at the time who was also reading it and recommended it to me. Um. That's a shame. It really just seems like, it's, uh, you just want money. (laughs) I never realized my chemical romance was a product of a post 9-11 world. It absolutely is. I always pictured them more of like a Fallout Boy having existed before. Now, the uh, if we think about things that straddled the 9-11 line that couldn't survive, we have, of course, Yu-Gi-Oh. What? <laughs> Didn't Yu-Gi-Oh come up pre-9-11? Yes. So Yu-Gi-Oh was pre-9-11, and quick, I feel like 9-11 killed Yu-Gi-Oh's potential. <laughs> I don't know. Cause... One of the worst things to happen on 9-11. <laughs> but there was a whole other series called Yu-Gi-Oh GX. Ah, you're right. They just rebranded. I never watched the show that much. I just played the card game. Which wasn't good. Yeah. Um, it still isn't good. Does it still exist? Sure. What a shame. Uh, I can't think of anything else. But I mean, My Chemical Romance... Undoubtedly, one of the best things to happen because of 9-11. Black Parade? Yeah, Black Parade's a good album. I think My Chemical Romance is a good album. I was referring to just the one song. Oh, that's an album. But it is a song on that album that's good. That is probably their best song. Oh, Black Parade? Yeah. Sorry, I was referring to the parade of horror and destruction that followed the attacks of September 11th, 2001. And what? Huh? I was talking about My Chemical Romance. Oh, you mean the one that Gerard Way, creator of Umbrella Academy, started? When are we getting to season two? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Oh, you shouldn't. I heard it's good. Why would you listen to me? Uh, I don't know. You said Watchmen's bad. We, You didn't say that. That was just meant to stir up heat. Wow. That was a baseless political wow. attack. Wow. Watchmen is good once. Okay, Watchmen is good once. Watch it through once. At least, I'll I'll tell you what I told my dad. At least watch up until you discover who Hooded Justice is, and then you can turn it off. I really, uh, I like the phrase, let me tell you what I told my dad. Yeah. It's like if you're really telling someone off, it's like, let me tell you what I told my dad. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> let me tell you what I told my dad. The body is buried out back. The body is buried out back, dad. Yeah. Uh, back dad. Back dad. Uh, that's a country. Uh, <laughs> you're, this is, okay, so here's some... Uh, here's some wait. Uh, Should we pull the screen beh- from I, behind the curtain? I was gonna. I was gonna say here's some inside baseball, but I also wanted to say here's a glimpse into how the sausage is made. So yeah. I was gonna say here's some inside sausage, uh, but here's some inside sausage, fams. Uh, the laptop, the room. We have so buried yeah. the lead. We have completely. Henry yeah. has completely reorganized this room, and the laptop is now sitting on a far. I'm gonna say queen bed. I think it's a full size. It's a far full bed. And yeah. both of our old man eyes are too bad to actually read the numbers on the waveform. So we don't know how long we've been recording. Here's the story. Uh, my, my bad company that I work for, they host a Christmas party every year at Dave & Buster's. A D&B! D&B. And they give out a lot of good door prizes. And this year, I won a door prize of a 55-inch Roku TV, 4K, UHD, whatever the hell. And I'll... That means we had to move TVs around. 
Suddenly yeah. we had three TVs. We were a three TV household. You couldn't give a TV to the needy. Why would they need it? Uh, because they're needy. They have no TV. Nah, mm. Yeah. So you we couldn't to, we... sell it for cash value and donate it to charity. No. I would. What? Shut up. Uh, so we had to rearrange the recording studio to accommodate a, a, a TV. And that, I, you know, we had to change pretty much everything in here. Everything's different now, John. Yeah, only the bed and that painting are the same. Everything else moved, changed. Everything else changed. Well, that piano will never move. You're right. But as a result, uh, I, I think I need to borrow my wife's opera binoculars to be able <laughs> to be able to read how long we've been going you for. You guys don't have matching opera binoculars, by the way. They're called opera binoculars. <laughs> opera binoculars. Yeah. Uh, no, sadly, we only have the one pair because we. Are poor? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Let me count the televisions. One, five. Uh, Only two were purchased. One was free. Yep. Uh, now, I don't know about you. What do you know? But I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping I could like conjure the spark from my mind. Yeah. Because there's a lot that I want to talk about, but won't be productive. We, we really flew through that uh, whole co- conspiracy theory, I guess. We did. It, there wasn't a lot to talk about. It wasn't very spurious. It was actually just kind of a series of statements. It was very build-up to payoff. And the yeah. payoff, I, I don't know if it was worth the build-up. I do have a chronicle in the life of Henry, though, if we want to... You know, just kind of put a put a rounded sort of end cap on this episode. Let's bust out the router, put it on the table saw, and let's just put a nice rounded edge. A on rounded this edge on our router. I don't want anyone to get any splinters. Yeah. So we better round this out. I'll get the sandpaper. Rounding it out. So this past coming around the bend is Henry. This past uh, holiday season. Uh, the wife and I drove home. We did a, a tour of the, the southern part of this uh, na- good nation of America. This okay nation of America. And uh, we drove back and we were very hungry. As one is after they drive. For what amounts to be like nine or ten hours. And of course we had no food in the house upon coming back. Because you eat all your food before you leave. Of course. So we, we thought we live, I don't know couple minutes away from a Chili's, mm-hmm. one of those southwestern uh, restaurants where you can go and get Frosty Margs and burgers for, for the on the cheap. I appreciate that for the listeners who undoubtedly do not understand what Chili's is. Look, I don't know. Maybe maybe they don't have Chili's. I, I thought Chili's was just an Austin. <laughs> I, I mean, it is an Austin institution. It's an Austin institution. Uh, legend has it that the Chili's on 45th and Lamar... Austin was built around it. Like, the, the pioneers came across as Chili's and were like, well, hey. Yeah, this shibboleth of a Chili's, this shibboleth, rose up out of the ground and Austin rose up with it. James Austin, Jane Austen, looked at it and said, I will build my city here. Come, little women. Come, little women. She didn't write little women. <laughs> it's... Anyway... The wife and I was were... Was that a Bronte did Little Women? No, I don't think so. was not a Bronte. The Brontes were talked about in Little Women. 
Oh, you're right. Yeah. I'll look this up while you talk. Little Women takes place during the Civil War, which is way after a lot of those writers. You're not going to listen to this story? I'm listening to it. You can't do two things at once. I'm certain I can. All right. Well, anyway. What'd you say? (laughs) Shut up. The wife and I were very hungry, and we didn't want to go and sit down in a restaurant. You understand. We didn't want to go and do the whole restaurant thing. We just wanted to get food and come back home. So we ordered to go through the online Chili's website. They've got a cool thing. I don't know if other restaurants have cut on. You could do curbside pickup mm-hmm. where you drive to the restaurant, stay in your car, and let them know via text message that you've arrived. Mm-hmm. So we did that. We ordered. We waited the, the prerequisite prerequisite <laughs> 20 minutes, and then we drove over the couple of minutes between here and there. We pulled up into a, a space. The parking lot was full. Great. Completely packed. I've never seen this chili so packed before. Mm-hmm. This was a random Monday night. Yeah. It was packed. Mm-hmm. And so we pull up into the only empty spot for the curbside picked up. I took out my phone. I texted them. And the wait began. The phone told me, somebody will be out shortly with your food. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes passed. 15 long minutes. Mm-hmm. We are hungry. We have not eaten since right before Houston, the Buckies. Oh. We haven't eaten in hours. Was that Katie Buckies or Baytown? The Baytown Buckies. Mm-hmm. Baytown Buckies is a good Buckies. Yeah, it is. So we haven't eaten in miles and hours. And so that those 15 minutes pass, and my, my wife offered to go in to because we, we saw people go in mm-hmm. and come out with food. So she was like, maybe I should go in. I was like, all right, well, you go in. I'm going to stay out here because I want to honor the curbside pickup promise. Yeah, because if you both went in and someone came up with your food, you don't want to have egg on your face. Exactly. And also, the whole point, the whole principle of the curbside pickup... Is you don't have to go in. That you don't have to go in. So she went in. And another 15 minutes pass. Uh Uh-oh. And during this time... I haven't slept. I don't know. I, I kind of buried the lead on this. I hadn't slept in three days. Oh, no. My insomnia had reared up again. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was hungry. I was tired, a little delusional. And I was on Twitter, which was a really good combination of things to be on Twitter. Great place to be when you're feeling delusional. Because I started tweeting at Chili's. Yes. And uh, to paraphrase the tweets that... They kind of read summarily. Summarily. There you go. Pre- prerequisite. Uh, it's been 30 minutes. I have not seen my wife. Please, Chili's, give my wife back in my crispy chicken crispers or whatever. Yeah. And uh, Chili's, they responded on Twitter. Oh, no. And they said, oh my god. You angered the brand. No, we didn't anger them. They were you just like, summoned the brand. please send an email, contact us here, explain your story, and uh, you know we, we value customer service. Uh, so that happened, and five minutes later my wife came out, uh, not with the food. <laughs> oh, great. But just to say, like, they're working on it. Apparently the broccoli held them up. They have to cook the broccoli. Uh-huh. And then she went back in. Oh, no. Meanwhile, a car had pulled up like 10 minutes after me. 
sent nobody in and somebody came out with their food. And I was oh, like, what no. the hell? Anyway, we ate our food. We got our food. We ate all of it. Went to sleep. It was really good. And I forgot all about it. Today, January 14th, I got a response. Dear Henry. Uh-oh. Thanks for reaching out to us via Twitter to share your comments regarding our beep chilies. Mm-hmm. I bleeped the location of the chilies. Of course. Due 45th and Lamar. Due to the high volume of emails we received over the holidays, we are just now reading your inquiry. Please accept our sincere apologies for the delay of our reply. So they had a lot of complaints over Seems the holidays. Like Seems like it. We strive to give every guest top-notch service and make every visit special, but it appears we have let you down. For that, we offer our sincerest apologies. Rest assured that your comments are taken seriously and will be shared with the restaurant leadership team. Heads will roll. Okay. No, it doesn't say yeah. that. Does it? A blood sacrifice will be conducted in your honor. Typical chilies. To show our appreciation, we will be mailing you a letter of acknowledgement along with a complimentary dining certificate (laughs) to assist you with your next visit to Chili's. Wow, I wonder if that uh, complimentary dining certificate is going to be two $10 gift cards. Fucking... Enjoy enjoy a, a basket of chips on us. The certificate does not expire and may be used at any Chili's location for dine-in and in-person-to-go orders. However, it cannot be used when paying through DoorDash or Chili's.com. Damn it. Fuck. Also, there is no cash back slash carryover <laughs> on any unused portion and it cannot be applied towards a gratuity should you choose to leave one. Great. Please allow two weeks for the letter to arrive in a Brinker International envelope. And then in bold, please present the BR guest certificate to your service for pro- server for processing. Interesting. Blah, 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 blah. We thank you for your interest in chilies and look forward to having you ver- back very soon. Sincerely. Laura, with no last name. Interesting. Now, I wonder if that dining certificate is like, you get to go there and eat whatever you want and leave. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> it says, please let the certificate assist you. So, it, it like, the certificate says, please equip guests with <laughs> knife and fork. Yes. <laughs> it's like, this will assist you during your dining <laughs> procedure. I, uh, I'm not going to share my story. Yeah. With um, another burger chain. With another shitty experience with a, a fast food, with a fast casual chain. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just fucking sick of it, dude. I have not heard back. Oh, let's see. Oh, wow. Chili's got back to me faster yeah, yeah. than the the restaurant that, not, that should not be named yes. got back to you. We'll see. We'll I just, see. Yeah, this, this, this happened on the Zero Credits Twitter account. Yeah. Because that is my personal Twitter account. Now. Oh, believe me. If my dealings with unnamed burger restaurant don't go well, <laughs> I will tweet about it through our podcast. You should put them on blast. We are a local podcast, a far- far- farm-to-table. Yeah, we are a farm-to-table local podcast, just trying to do our best out here, and this yeah. is an insult. And we represent a certain clientele. Only a few of our listeners are in this city, but who cares? Yeah, for sure. I just want to applaud... 
chilies a little bit just for actually sending the email. And I'm going to keep... This is going to be an ongoing segment in that when I actually receive the, the thing in two weeks... I'll give one update, and then <laughs> that'll yes. be over. It's an ongoing segment that there will be one unit of follow-up. There might be another where I actually try to use the certificate out of Chili's, and I'll share my experience with that, I guess. If it's uh, if it's you and a number of guests, bring me. I don't... Chili's has nothing that's vegan. You're right. They don't. Even the broccoli. The, even the broccoli is unfortunately served in a skull. <laughs> uh, so, we look forward to your Chili's update. I think... With, uh, in classic Zero Credits fashion, promising future content is a great opportunity to end the current episode. I, I mean, okay, so what have what we promised thus far in 2020? Uh, so the chili's Feeling update. it out. We, we promised, uh, oh no, I know another thing we promised what in 2020. We, what did we promise in 2020? To, uh, to watch Fast and Furious Spy Racers. That's right. We said we would, and apparently it's out? It came out December 26th. Oh, wow. That's a shame. The I entire no season idea. came out, I think. So, what? how do you want to handle Spy Racers? Do you want to do, like, a week-by-week... Week, like Spy Race by Spy Race. Like, oh, oh, an episode a week and we discuss it? Because absolutely no one is going to care about spoilers, I don't think. No. We could have, oh, we could have, week by week, we watch one episode of Spy Racers. Yeah. We, we have a breakdown every episode where we talk about Spy Racers. We'll devote 20 to 30 minutes. That's a lot of the episode. Okay, we'll devo- devote 10 to 15 minutes. We'll devote a natural feeling amount of time to do a micro intra-supplemental reading. Yeah, intra-episode supplemental reading. But not to exceed more than half the episode. Absolutely, unless the episode's very important. real bangers. Um, yeah, so starting, you want to call it next week? Yeah, next week's fine. So starting next week, we are going to be doing a, a new ongoing series here on Zero Credits, built into the episode, called Spy Those Spy Racers, the Zero Credits story. Yeah. Where we, every week, we watch one episode of Spy Kids Racers, or whatever the fuck it's called. Spy Racers. So if you want to watch along, you've got one week to do so. Our first episode talking about it is next week. Just watch the first episode or more by next week, and you can watch along with us, take part, and what should sure to be, what is surely to sure to sure be, prerequisite, summarily, summarily, what is sure to be a new good segment Capital G, capital C, good content here on Zero Credits. We always like to promise that it's going to be good. <laughs> that it's going to be good. Guys, listen. We promise this time, this time it'll be good. All these other times that we've broken promises. Spy Racers will be good. Yeah. We're good in 2020. And 2020 is the year this podcast becomes good. And when uh, inevitably uh, Corona comes up in this kid's show... We're going to bank mine for February, because I can't drink until then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go as far as to say, this is a kid's show. Highly unlikely we will see the presence of a physical corona. But I will say, if they say corona, 
Or if there's a cheeky reference to Corona, Oda Corona. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Two. It's Spy Racers. Yeah. Owned a Coronita, the tiny little Coronas. <laughs> oh, no. Coronita. Uh, so we can uh, finally bring Coronitas into the fold. Oh, my God. Didn't I get those by accident one you time? You did. You absolutely yeah, they did. They were bad. Uh, but yeah. yeah, going into 2020, spy those race kids. Spy those race kids. Uh, spy those races, story. kids. And then, uh, Chili's update. Chili's update. Morbius. Morbius. <laughs> we didn't promise Morbius. We, uh, can't promise Morbius because uh, it's coming out in 2021, I think. And one day we might actually discuss Star Wars, but that's... <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. And we'll also follow up on the Oscars once they're actually announced, but... Until then... It's, I think it's time. I edit this week. So, you have to do the social media plurgs. Don't forget to mention Podchaser. <laughs> oh, right. Don't worry, Henry. I've got this. Okay. So, if you want to send us your extremely long story about a fast, casual dining restaurant and how you had to wait 15 minutes to get some crispy jalapeno poppers, you can do so by sending us an email at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. If you want to condense that into a tweet to get you some brand heat, uh, you can do so at zcpcwhj on twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Zoinks, chicken poppers, cheap, where, here, that's right and gotta put podchaser in here somewhere does podchaser have like a we're on podchaser search for zero credits on podchaser.shop and you'll find it we are on spotify search for zero credit open parentheses s Close parentheses on Spotify in the podcast section of Spotify. Uh, we are, of course, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Subscribe. Hit that bell to see when the new videos come out. Uh, I feel like I missed one. We don't do Twitch. We're not doing Facebook. Well, I mean, obviously, that one word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So if you like what you hear, word tell the, the people. I'm sorry, what was that? Word of the mouth. Word, word, word of the mouth. Word of, word, word of the mouth. You have to mention. Or, I have to. You have to mention word of the mouth. Oh, okay. So the sh- bullshit that you pulled on me last week. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So if you like this podcast, please pull your dear friends in close. Whisper wetly in their ears, zero credits is the best thing you'll ever listen to, and the last. And it will be the last thing they ever listen to. It's The Ring. It's The Grudge. They remade The Grudge. They made Juwan, and then they made an American version called The Grudge, and then they remade The Grudge and called it The Grudge. Uh, I thought it was because Morbius was going to like show up and be like... Jared Listen, Jared can't suck his way to the wet paper bag. <laughs> can't he, though? He can't. It kind of sucks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, he sucks the air out of a room. And from, from everyone, everyone here, here, it's my turn to say it. My turn. <laughs> Just from, seem natural. It's fine. <laughs> from everyone here at the Zero Credits, three TV, two bedroom, two bathroom, apartment studios, 
Studio Apartments, we want to wish you a frightening time with Morbius. <laughs> a frightening Morbius time. Frightening Morbius Morbius. Jared Leto here from Morbius, and I'm playing tricks on the other cast members by sucking their blood out of their bodies. <laughs> My name's also Jared Leto from Morbius the movie. I'm a real method actor. Sometimes I walk up to my cast members and I give them a condom full of rat dicks because I'm a real Joker Morbius. <laughs> I hope this Morbius character's a little twisted like I am. That way I can put a severed pig's butt in my cast members' trailers. I have damage tattooed on my forehead. I'm Morbius. I got a cover-up done, so it says... <laughs> Dorbius. <laughs> Bye! Bye. Change the image. To the, they they changed everything about it except the D, so it just says Dorby. Oh, ah. Uh.